0: Some of you know this, but today is Pentecost Sunday. This is the birthday of the church. This is the day that everything started where we were imparted. When I say we, the church of Jesus Christ was imparted with with spiritual gifts to bring the world to repentance, to bring the world into a right relationship with Christ. Uh, Get your Bibles out. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2. This is the birth of the church. Uh, Pentecost, kind of a weird, scary word. It basically, it means 50. That's the literal translation of the word Pentecost, 50. Penta, like pentagram, five. Uh, Cost is, times it by 10. Uh, So, 50. It's 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. When the day of Pentecost came, this is uh, Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and then came and rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each of them heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it that can each of them? How is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and all parts of, of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans, imagine that, you don't get worse than Cretans. Cretans, Arabs, we hear them declare the wonders of God in our own tongue, amazed and perplexed. They ask one another, what does this mean? Hopefully we'll figure that out today. Somehow, however, made fun of them. This This is the cost of discipleship, folks you will be made fun of. It's the cost of discipleship. Whether you're a tongue talker or you're just a regular old plain Christian, that didn't sound right. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean it that way, I really didn't. Um, You're a Christian that doesn't, um, you're not a boisterous Christian. You're You're an introvert type of Christian. You will be made fun of just because you call yourself a Christian. What does this mean? Uh, so, some, some of some, however, were made fun of, and said they too they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the, clou- the crowd: "Fellow Jews, and all of you who are in Jerusalem, let me explain to you this. This. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning." No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on... even." On my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire will billow of smoke. Kind of like what's going on in Hawaii right now, right? The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of our Lord. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved is the beginning of the church. And from this moment, they go everywhere. They, they are empowered by the Spirit. 50 days prior, they were all basically huddled in the room praying nonstop. You might even say that if, what would have happened if they had not have been obedient in hitting their knees after Jesus resurrected? If they hadn't have listened to that call where Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. I think waiting's probably one of the hardest things that we can do as Americans because we have this fast food culture, right? We want it and we want it now, but maybe God is just calling us to wait a good fifty days until He pours out His spirit on us. Patience is actually a fruit of the spirit okay let's uh, let's look over to 1 Corinthians 14 again this is this is by far the most controversial gift in, in the, all of the the, the, the sign gifts like of course people have a problem with prophecy of course people have a problem with healing you know, oh it's the charlatans it's um you know it's just faith healer guys tent people that are kind of weird um but again this one this gift gets made fun of more than any other gift and it's a difficult one it really is listen to what paul has to say this is first corinthians chapter 14 Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Okay, listen to this. He who speaks in a tongue, ready, you edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church, then he kind of goes on and it's it this is a correction letter we don't know what specifically was going on, uh, but Paul is a little frustrated it's he's a little annoyed by what's going on and we don't nec- i don't want to necessarily get into the details what I want to really hit on is that <laughs> that the gift of prophecy is for the edification of the church the gift of tongues is for the edification of the individual it brings you hope it brings you that comfort that you need near the end of of um, of corinthians uh, 14 as he's beginning to just to unfold this thing it's like all right so clearly we've got a we got to do things in an orderly manner that's what that's what that was the issue with, with Corinth basically um, people were acting out way too much we, we and then our charismatic circles we call it acting out in the, in the flesh acting out you know you, you know you're just you don't have any you don't have a sound mind you're you're running around you're just it's just too crazy and paul says you're just too crazy so if an unbeliever comes in and he sees what's going on he's going it, it's going to turn him off and then almost in the same verse. Of course, the, the critics of tongues don't address this. And almost in the same verse, he says, but if a non-believer comes in and they see it done in an orderly manner, they're going to convert. Isn't that weird? Again, the, the, the critics leave that part out. And at the end of 14, after he's beginning to try to put some structure to the whole thing, he says, Don't forbade this gift. Uh, you know, brothers and sisters, like, like if you do a little bit of research, and if you do if you look up on YouTube <laughs> about this, you're gonna get everything from you know, this gift ceased, or this gift is actually an expression of demonic manifestation. Which is, it, I'm sorry, but that's just a lie from the pit of hell. All right. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 11. Because remember in Acts 2, as the the tongues of fire fell and the, the Galileans began to utter and began to speak, people from all around the world were hearing what they were saying in their own language. And they're like, what does this mean? And the answer is actually in Genesis chapter 11. So let's look with me to Genesis chapter 11. What does it mean? Verse 1. The whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found the plain of Shinar and they settled there. They said to each other, Come and let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar and mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Who are they making a name for? Who are they making a name for? It's kind of an important point. It's, it's for themselves. It's not for the Lord. In fact, it's not for any god. Like, this is not a temple to Baal or Zeus or Apollo. No, this is a god unto themselves. Interesting, huh? A tower that reaches to the heavens. So where do they want to go? Within their own power. So that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. It's a little snapshot of the Trinity right here. So God's, they're, they're in communion, the three in one. Come, let us go down and divinely confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel. Now, this is really interesting. So man, in, and quite honestly, we don't understand the ancient world properly, but man was at its height of influence. They were building temples to themselves. They, were, they had in their mind that they were going to reach heaven with their own hands that they were going to get to the top of this tower and shake their fist at God. And God is having a conversation basically with himself. The the, Trinity is right here. And he says, oh my gosh, our creation, their unity in language, the language that they speak, anything that they put their hands to, they're going to accomplish it. This is great. this is interesting. They had the ability to do anything. They, us, humanity, had the ability to pull off anything that they set their hearts and their minds to. Their language was pure. Their their communication lines were flawless. Like, they were made in God's image, and they were there they taking advantage of it. But it was way too soon. This is where God's sovereign act comes in. He, he act, God came down and confused their language. What was their language? Some people said it was the original Hebrew. We don't know what in the world it was. But then we go into the grand narrative after this divine confusion, after the Tower of Babel. And it is not until the Pentecost, not until 50 days after our Lord resurrects. And then we have, okay, I want you to see this. In, in Genesis chapter 11, we have a divine confusion. It is God's will that he confuses their language. He has to slow us down or we're going to blow the planet up. Hmm? Does that seem out of the ordinary? If he hadn't have done it, we would have blown up the planet a long time ago. You see how good God is? But when Jesus comes to set the world right and to empower his church, he divinely brings everybody back together with this language. So here's my point, folks. If this If this gift of tongues, this this speaking in tongues, praying in the spirit, however you want to see it, if it is so useless, if it is so secondary, if it is okay for not only just the secular world to make fun of tongue talking, but even our own brothers and sisters in Christ that mock us for doing it, and actually call us demon possessed for doing it, then why in the world did God start his church with that one gift? That unifying gift, that divine language. So I'm going to tell you, if you were the one that came in because you need some hope and maybe you've been walking with the Lord, if you're the one that came in and you feel like as if God does not hear you, I'm going to encourage you. Eagerly desire this gift. Because this is the gift that strengthens you. This is the gift that gives you hope. This is the gift that gives you internal power. Some of you need it. It is the hardest gift to really understand and to get. And it's hard because it goes against our Tower of Babel nature. It's hard. It's hard because it offends us. It offends our flesh. It doesn't make complete sense. Okay, so what is it exactly? Um, wh- wh- what, is, what is this speaking in tongues? Okay, it's two things. One, it is a, it is a, it's, a it's a, some call it a, a ecstatic speech, a divine utterance, but true, but biblically, it's a divine language. It's the language of angels. It is a spiritual language. And I think our pre babel folks got it. They might not have been speaking a language of angels, but I believe that they were speaking a language of the spirit. So you're made up of three, three, three parts, your body, soul, and your spirit. I think the reason why this, this, this race of people was so advanced, so fast to move, making these giant monoliths and just like, like there's stuff in the ancient world that we can't create today with our technology. How, and we don't know how they did it. How did they do it? Well, there was something special about them. Either that or it's aliens. Like those are our options right now. That's what the world gives us. Well, it was either, I, we don't know, and then... They had some advanced technology or it was aliens. We don't know. When God says there's nothing they can't do, their language is so pure and so advanced, there's nothing they can't do. Okay, listen to me, church. How's your prayer life? You need that hope? Do you feel like, man, I'm just always defeated? I can't get through. I'm always failing. My prayers aren't being answered. You know, Jesus teaches to pray, and uh, the Lord's prayer is actually very powerful, right? A kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so um, all prayer is legitimate and useful. Uh, I've been talking a lot just about having a natural conversation with Jesus, right? Just like as if he's sitting next to you. Let's say like, hey, Jesus, what's going on? Not much, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I have a problem, Jesus. What should I do about this? So that kind of conversation with God, I want to encourage you to have. So, Josh, what do you need? Well, Jesus, like, I'm just not, you know, I'm not making it right now. And that type of of request or conversation with God, it is, give us this day our daily bread. Hmm? right? It's completely legitimate. So, you know, us not being able to pay our bills is one level of fleshly, you know, know, stuff. Like, if we were starving to death, it'd be somewhat of a similar prayer. It would just be a little more poignant, right? Like, if you're starving, and like, that's all that matters is what's going on in your body. Now, some of us stop at this level. It's almost as if it's like a junior high prayer. Do you know what a junior high prayer is? Oh, God, make Sally Hemings fall in love with me. See, that is, a, that is a prayer. Sally Hemings, who is that? She's some literary person, right? Okay. Who is Sally Hemings? Okay. It, that's it, Thomas Jefferson's mistress. <laughs> okay. Sally Hemings, how funny. Okay, anyway... History nerd on the stage here. Okay. Uh, and you see that that prayer is a lot like praying for food. That prayer for, you know, I like that person. I want God to make them like me back. It's a, it's a bodily prayer, right? It's a fleshly prayer. And then he says, uh, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Then he goes into another prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. That one moves into a little bit of a lower area, or sorry, not a lower, but a deeper area of the area of our emotions, and a lot of us are kind of stuck in this. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying this is the way that it is. A lot of us are stuck in emotional prayer, where somebody has hurt us or offended us, and it, and it hurts our soul, and we can't break out of that, and we begin to pray our emotions, right? Have you ever prayed your emotions? Oh God, so-and-so hurt my feelings. Give me justice, right? Now you pray David's prayer. Kick their teeth in, Lord, right? These are all emotional prayers. Now I'm not saying that we don't pray with emotion because that's very vital too, but we need to pray from a a healthy place of emotion. We're like we're supposed to do this with a sound mind. This this faith that we walk out with has to be done with a sound mind. And are you ready for the next? Level of prayer. Again, both your bodily prayer, your fleshly prayer, is completely a legitimate prayer. I'm not saying it's not as important. I'm just saying, is this a fleshly prayer? You're hungry. You need some food. That's a good thing to pray for. Um, the second level, your soulish area of prayer. You have relationship issues. You got. You need. You need to pray from that point of view, right? If you have ego ego issues, if you have control freak issues, like you got to work through this stuff. And that's kind of a slow process. Now, ready for this? Praying from the spirit or praying in the spirit. That's a whole new ball game. That's a whole new language. Once you begin to see things in the spiritual realm, the next step is to speak things in the spiritual realm spiritual gifts as we know in 1st Corinthians 13 it is a gift right it's a gift that is given some will argue that not everybody has the gift that's completely okay again I just read it, Paul's telling us to eagerly desire all the gifts does that mean that we can get all the gifts or that we can earn all the gifts I don't know I don't think so I just we just know that it's a gift Some of us have this spiritual gift of tongues. Are you ready for this? Hang on to this. All of us, every single one of us, is required to pray in the Spirit over and over and over again. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is this always constant, steady thing. Pray for your needs. Pray for your emotions. Pray for your relationships. But always, continually, pray in the Spirit. Now, you can... You can pray in the Spirit without speaking in tongues, so that should bring you some comfort. Like if you want to go after the spiritual gift of tongues, I want to encourage you to do so, but you can't shortcut it. You can't pray in tongues until first you learn how to pray in the Spirit. That means you go deep. That means that that, uh, you begin to pray things that you didn't even know were there. You begin to pray God's prayers when you're praying in the Spirit you ready for this? You need answered prayer? You begin to pray in the spirit, Jesus tell you, you ask anything in my name and I'm gonna give it to you. What? (laughs) Do you know what that means for the church? That means if we begin to pray in the spirit, if we are praying his will in us, then everything is open. That he's gonna answer our prayers. It's as if we are going back to Genesis 11, where everything is possible once we begin to pray in the spirit. I don't want you to get—I don't want you to get hung up on the whole idea of, you know, praying in tongues and you know, what does that mean? And it's like, all right, let me—let me. Okay, ready for this? Let me think about it. Let me think how to actually do it. Right there, you know, right there, you've lost the game because the tongue. Is well, what's the Bible say about the tongue? The tongue is a it's a, like a two-edged sword. It's it's a rudder for your soul. It 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 kills and destroys. And God wants to take control of our tongue. Either through tongues or just like literally, be careful with what you say. So I'm saying when you are in the spirit, maybe you won't get this. Uh, uh, angelic language but I'm telling you you can speak spiritual words I've seen it I've done it like there's this something that comes upon you where when you're in the spirit you say things that come directly from God into other people and you're like where did that come from? it's the same experience with the angelic speech because when you're in the spirit it's not like you can just conjure this thing up it comes out it flows through how do you get it if you eagerly and, and, des- and you desperately desire it? How do you get it? Like, I, I, there's nothing wrong with asking, right? But here's the thing. I think a lot of us have it. We've just never taken the time to open up the present. Again, it's the tough one. It's the one that really offends our flesh because we're giving control. We're giving control over this to the Lord. It's the hardest one. But this is the one that God starts the church with. He says, like, like if, we, if I, in the Holy, you know, the Trinity is having a discussion with, them, with, our, with themselves. Man, if we could just get them to speak a divine language, they're going to conquer the world. There's nothing they can't do, just like in, in Genesis 11. There's nothing we can't do if we begin to develop this spiritual language. I want to encourage you, if you need hope, try to unpack this package. Like, develop it. It's kind of hard to say practice it, right, because it's a gift. I don't know I have the spiritual gift of healing unless... I actually pray for somebody and ask for healing, right? It doesn't just spontaneously bubble up in me, I don't have control of my body, and all of a sudden I have to pray for somebody, right? So there's a, there's a step of faith that must take place. Um, did you know that giving is a spiritual gift? There's, there's individuals that have the spiritual gift of giving, like, like they're basically a conduit. It comes in, it goes out. Like it happens so fast and regularly that they can't control it. They can't give away money fast enough. But they have to open the gift, right? The the money just doesn't fly out of their pockets. <laughs> they actually have to take the step. So here it is with the spirit with this gift of tongues. You know, there's a lot of room for error. There's a lot of room, there's a lot of grace in this. And I'm just I'm just telling you what I've seen and what I've experienced in the past. I pray in tongues. I probably should do it a lot more because I need a lot of more hope in my life. I need a lot more encouragement in my life. There are, there are times where I'm not saying I force myself, but there's times when I'm like, okay, it's time to open up this present right now. Because I'm discouraged. Like my prayer life, like my prayer life is consistent, but my prayer life is lousy. It's basically boiling down to complaining to God. I'm not praying God's uh, what he's feeling in this situation, right? I'm a little dull, I'm a little rough, I'm a little hazy around the edges. And you begin to pray in the Spirit, and it, it takes a little bit of time. This is what I've seen in the past. I've seen people like, all right, I, I just need to, get, I need to get into the Spirit, I need to pray in the Spirit. And, and it, 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 seems, it could seem silly. They can say words that don't make sense. They're like... Mecca, Mecca, high, Mecca, Heidi, ho, right, Rancho Cucamonga, you know, they're they're trying. I mean, we laugh, but at least they're trying, right? And then something something flips on, something something shifts over, and the silly words turn into angelic words, right? Because they took that step, they decided to unpack the package. The weird words that they were saying, they were saying from their rational mind. But they made the choice to go into the spirit. As soon as they go into the spirit, it's just like a whole new world opens up. So we're going to give that a shot tonight. I want to invite you to come tonight, our presence night, where we're going to allow a safe place to open up the package Christian Garcia, who is great at getting people into the presence of God. He's going to be leading us in worship tonight. Um, And, again, it's just give yourself some grace. Give other people around you some grace and see what God does. Now, if you need hope, I want to encourage you, like, even in your own prayer time, like, just kneel down at your bed. (laughs) I was listening to a guy when I was studying this. I was listening to a guy. He's like, you must pray two hours in tongues every day. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have a hard enough time staying silent for two minutes. A little bit of discipline, a little bit of time on your knees. Intercede. You know, a lot of us talk too much and we never listen, right? Okay, ramble your mouth. Get, get it out. You know, whatever you need to talk to God about, just get it out. And then take some time to actually listen to what he says. Sometimes we don't hear God's voice because we're, we're talking too much. And then it's just going to, I'll guarantee you this, if you're honest about it, either, one, you'll begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm not saying you're going to speak in tongues, but you begin to pray in the Spirit. You'll know it. And then, two, it might come. Like, your mouth might be loosened. You might be praying things that will actually edify and encourage you. So, There it is. I could probably talk on this topic for a long time. But my, my main goal today is just to give you hope. This is the gift of hope, of edifying yourself. And a lot of us need it. All right, let me get the band to come up to the front. I'm going to read this uh, section out of Jude. This is Jude 17. This is the Passion Translation. And it um, talks about the hope that we have in Christ, talks about the work that he's done. And I love the translation. So this won't be up on your screen, but this is Jude uh, seven, uh, 1, 17 to 24. But you, my delightful, loved friends. Remember the prophecies of the apostle, our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. They taught you. In the last days, there will always be mockers, motivated by their ungodly desires. These people cause divisions and are followers of their own natural instinct, devoid of the spirit. But you, my delightful, loved friends, constantly and Progressively build yourselves up in the foundation of the most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit. Fasten your hearts to the love of God and receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who gives us eternal life. Keep becoming compassionate to those who still have doubts. Let me read that one again. Be compassionate to those that still have doubts. And snatch others from the fire to save them. Be merciful over all of them, but always couple your mercy with the fear of God. Be extremely careful to keep yourselves free from the pollution of the flesh. If I could have the ushers to come to the front. We're going to just receive the offering. And I want to encourage you, like, just allow the Holy Spirit to wash over you. Allow, just release everything that would hinder you from pushing further into God's presence. Your homework today is to pray continually in the Spirit. If you need that hope of glory, if you need... (laughs) Like if you're just hopeless right now and you know that there's something more, but you, you, you haven't taken the time to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just, to, we're all gonna close our eyes and I just want you to just pray this prayer with me and just see what God does. Because God's not only gonna, you know, if you pray it in faith, not only are you gonna make a decision, but the Holy Spirit is going to fill you up. He's gonna fill that void that's in your heart. So Heavenly Father, right now, we just pray for this offering. That it will just continue to be an incredible blessing to this community, Lord. God, thank you so much for the faithfulness of the saints, from Pastor Harold Byther all the way down to those that are sitting in this auditorium right now that have said yes and amen to your call and have supported this ministry. So God, right now, we just pray for those who are lacking hope and I pray that they will have the courage to unpack the gifts. And God, right now, we also pray for those that don't know you, that they are in a complete state of hopelessness. Beloved, if you just pray this with me, Jesus, come into my heart today. Forgive me of all of my sins. I surrender all to you. I surrender everything to you. Make me a new creation today.